guys how's it going welcome to another episode of socal watch reviews episode 12 we got a special guest once more we got fred from shaluso yeah, and yeah. of course p on Yo. the other line how you how you guys doing um whoever wants to start first i am very tired right now <laughs> very That's... very tired so but i'm here but i'm here nice I'm here. nice nice well i for people listen well Fred, do your introduction now. I'll let people know. I'm sorry. Oh, well, uh, sorry to burst everyone's bowl, but it's only 8 o'clock in the evening here, so I'm not tired at all. Mm. But if it, make, if it makes everyone feel better, I went to the gym for, like, the first time in five months. So, like, okay. I feel like a 50-year-old man right now. Mm. Uh, no offense to any 50-year-olds out there, but... <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Well, for anybody listening uh, within the u.s yesterday we had our thanksgiving here in the u.s so today is uh, november 29th and of course you know it's a big celebration here in the u.s um and a lot of you know partying and eating and some drinking or whatever so uh, you know I, I i knew we were going to record this episode because of the the different time zones we have to do it early in the morning because fred obviously is the evening uh where he's at so yeah i went to sleep me personally, around two, woke up at six to do this podcast. So, P, what time do you go to sleep? Three o'clock in the morning. Jeez, what time do you wake up? Uh, about eight. <laughs> so you you oh, hate God. us right about now, right? <laughs> nah, nah, I'm good, man. I'm good, man. You know, you know. I knew, no, I, knew we gonna, I knew we was going to do this. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I'm trying to cram a whole lot in and. As, as much space as I can, you know what I mean. So no, I I, I you get know. It. It, it. It's tough. It's tough. You know what I mean. But Saturday, Sunday didn't work for for a lot of us, and and it just kind of today worked. You know, Black Friday. So um, uh, before we go move forward, well, what are you guys wearing? Uh, I'm wearing um, vintage Time XQ. Very cool. I know Very you posted. Nice. Yeah, he posted a picture of that on Instagram yesterday. Yeah. So pretty cool. It's all gold, and, and it's from yeah. the 70s, right? Uh, 1979. Nice. Very, yeah. very nice. Fred? So that one's, that one's genuine vintage, or it's the... Yeah, uh, it's genuine. The, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Huh? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm wearing my Omega Seamaster, but I took it off the leather from when I was wearing it before. Now it's on its... I got the Bonstown NATO strap, so oh. black and gray. Yeah. Mm. Fuck, it's such a cool watch on that. So let me ask you, um, is that the OEM Omega strap or is that an aftermarket? Uh, that's the OEM one. Oh, my but goodness. It makes a difference. So like, mm. it makes a difference. It also it also did make a difference in hurting my credit card as well when I got it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but definitely worth it, in my opinion. Like, just like the weave is so, so nice and fine. Like, it's crazy thinking like all these little things make that sort of a difference. But legit, does. I don't feel bad that I spent that much more on it. It was what close to two hundred. Uh, yeah, it was like no, it was like one hundred and fifty. I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Remember? Yeah. Now I don't know. I haven't tested a lot of straps on the market, but I know Bark and Jack. I mean, I've seen a lot of pictures and reviews, and I mean, the pictures look like, good. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But how do you? I guess let me ask this: How do you guys feel about? 
wearing or owning or buying something that's produced uh, or branded for a uh, social media influencer? How does that how does that make you guys feel? Are you guys okay with it? Or yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, I guess it would depend. You know what I'm saying on taste, what you like. You know what I mean? Like as long as I like it, I'll get it. You know what I mean? So. I think, like, if anything, I, it's sort of, uh, it depends on how the quality is, you know? it's It depends yeah, on, like, too. whether it's, like, those Balkan Jack ones, they look good. It doesn't look like he just, like, you know, slapped his name on just, like, a $5 NATO strap, you know? It's not a money grab. He he actually, right. he's an enthusiast. He took the time. Here, here's here's my thoughts on that. And no offense to Adrian, obviously, awesome content. I really love um, everything he's doing. And, and yeah. The, the straps that he's putting out, especially those leather ones. I mean, geez, they're so nice, but they're a little expensive. I mean, for what they are, I guess the value proposition is not bad. But to be spending 100 bucks on a, on a leather strap, I'm so cheap. <laughs> and I, I think I would spend 150 on an Omega um, NATO if I had an Omega of that kind of caliber. Well, actually, I do have an Omega, but because it's an 18 millimeter uh, lug width, I don't think they say. I've been looking for one from Omega, and I can't find one. I could only find the 20 millimeter ones. But basically, what I'm getting at is my fear just with like with any celebrity, you buy something that has their name on it, is sponsored by them, and then that celebrity either A goes away or B does something really stupid that just doesn't sit well with you. And you're like, I can no longer represent your brand. You know what I mean? And we're all human, we all make mistakes. And I know I'm looking way too much into this, but that's kind of my fear with bearing somebody's name on a strap. And I know it's something very insignificant, but if you're wearing a Barkin Jack NATO, I'm assuming you will be proud to wear it at a watch meet or around watch people. So if God forbid this guy does something, whatever, then what are you going to do? You're not going to be proud of wearing that anymore unless you polish out his name. Now, again, offense <laughs> to Adrian or anything, and I'm looking way too much into this. But um, at the end of the day, that's kind of what we do as watch people, right? We don't just buy a watch because of the way that it looks. We also buy the company of how it speaks to us. And I guarantee that if a watch company out there was doing something that doesn't sit well with you, you probably wouldn't buy that watch company, you know? Or if you own a watch, you'd probably get rid of it, you know, because you wouldn't agree with it. Uh, but again, no offense on him. And I think they're super cool straps. And the reason I'm asking about a strap is because I'm wearing the Seiko Sarb. And I mm. bought this um, strap from a company called Cheapest NATO Straps. They're out of, uh, they're Swedish. I think they're Swedish. And um, is that the brown leather strap? It is. It is. Okay. So it looks, it looks really cool and it feels very supple. But the quality, honestly, it's not there. <laughs> but again, at the end of the day, because I do have a promo code with them, um, which is kind of cool. I reached out to them. They didn't want to give me any free product, but they're like, hey, if you uh, use a promo code SoCal Watches, I believe it is, SoCal Watch or SoCal Watches, you you or whoever gets 15% off. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's so cool. I, I don't think anybody's used it except for me. <laughs> so every time that I buy little NATO straps or whatever from them, I use it and I get them, you know, like this leather one sells for like 15, 16 bucks, but I got it for like, I don't know, 10 bucks or something. So it has a quick release on the back. It's pretty cool. I mean, it, it definitely changes the look of a watch. And I think that's something that a lot of uh, 
uh, enthusiasts know, but people barely getting into the hobby. It's like, if you want to change the look of your watch, just go crazy with NATOs and leathers and Sulus and Perlons and whatever, rubber straps, because they definitely change the look of the watch. I mean, do you guys agree? I don't know if you guys are strap crazy like me, but. Oh, oh yeah, I definitely I think uh, uh, a strap can definitely make a watch look better for sure. Yeah, like, I, I yeah. think that, like, a strap is, like, the cheapest way to get a new watch. Like, right. Because it completely changes the personality. Like, I always, like, when I get my, when I've gotten my watches, I've always made sure to get the bracelet because it's always more expensive mm-hmm. to get a bracelet mm-hmm. when if you're trying to get it aftermarket. But yeah. then from there, it's, like, you know, complete personality change when you take it off a bracelet, put it on a leather strap, put it on a needle, rubber straps. Like, it's literally like having another watch. That's so cool, though. I mean, I think we should do a full episode of maybe each one of us picks like three watches, like a, a three watch collection, and then basically just going crazy with the straps. Because a diver, I mean, man, you could change the strap on a diver like in so many ways. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of watches, honestly, like um, like more of a dress watch that you could put a rubber strap on. It just probably wouldn't look good, you know. But a, yeah. a diver is like one of those watches that I mean. I know it's full pot and we talked about this, but putting the leather, I mean, I love it. I, I love the way a diver looks on the leather, but, and, you know, leather, uh, rubber, NATO, what, you name it, you know? It's, uh, you know what did look surprisingly good was uh, a while back, I remember you posted a picture, or maybe it was in your video review, you did that, um, the Q Timex, but you put that on a leather strap? Yeah. Did that looked surprisingly good on Yeah. Uh huh. It did. It did. Yeah, no, the the only problem with uh, that specific model is the, the lug holes are so close to the case that it was a pain in the ass. And something that didn't even dawn on me until um, I did my research, and I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit and tell you why. So I'm looking at another watch, right? The Q-Timex is still for sale, surprisingly. I'm selling it at what I bought it for, and nobody's biting on it. I don't know if the hype died down, and I think that Eagle one that they're selling, which is horrible i don't think it's sold out yet um so anyway so i'm selling this one right to kind of just get my money back i'm not making a profit i made a video with it and i'm happy i never wore it but um i am looking into one of my grails like really attainable grails and that's the buloba lunar pilot just because i buloba as a company just really speaks to me you know i i got a my first blow when my wife was pregnant as a Father's Day gift. And then when I met with my dad and he gave me that um, a watch off his wrist, it was a Bulova. So for whatever reason, that, that company always does speak to me. And then also has such rich history with what happened. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, the Lunar Pilot. But uh, basically, uh, David Scott and one of the astronauts, he was wearing his NASA-issued uh, Omega Speedmaster. So he walked on the moon the crystal popped off his Omega. But before he went to the moon, um, Bulova actually made a special watch for this astronaut and said, hey, would you mind wearing this to your mission? You know, just, just because we want you to wear it. So they partnered up with, I forget the what movement they had in there, but it was a, a mechanical movement. And sure enough, that was kind of his backup uh, watch. So when his Omega failed, he uses Bulova, right? As, as a tank mm. or whatever. Well, Fast forward to early 2000s or mid-2000s, that astronaut actually put that watch on the market. He sold it at auction for $1.6 million. And there's a mm. bunch of pictures floating around. 
super cool looking watch. So of course, Bulova wanted to capitalize on this. So they released the Bulova Lunar Pilot. And on the back, it has an inscription about the Apollo mission and about this astronaut and kind of what it did. So people do give it credit for being a moon watch. Um, the only reason it's not popular, in my opinion, is the sizing because it is 45 millimeters and I think Lux looks like 50 something. But Love always does this and I kind of hate that, but it comes with the high quartz uh, uh, beat uh, 262 uh, hertz or whatever. It comes with a sapphire crystal, blasted, you know, beta case. It's a chronograph and you could get it on a number of like either the, the actual strap like stainless steel strap or they have this this special thing where it comes like in a faux carbon fiber um, strap and on the side it comes with a native strap that actually mm. has like the name of the mission and the date and all that so you could pick them up uh, they used to be five six hundred bucks brand new but now you could pick them up brand new from like joma shop and ebay for like 300 bucks so i found this one on ebay for like you know, I, I pre-owned for like two thirty or something with box papers and everything. Mm. So I've been kind of talking to the wife, see if uh, she'll get me that for Christmas or something. Because I, I just something about the moon and astronauts is just something fascinating to me. And it's a pullover, you know what I mean. So what I'm getting at, and I all that story just to tell you about the key time mix and the strap changes. Um, the the version that comes, the pullover version that comes on the on the stainless steel strap. For whatever reason, Buloba decided that it was a good idea to make the lug holes closer to the case. So if you get the one that comes on a NATO and that leather and you want to interchange the straps between them, they don't fit. <laughs> really? Why they wow. did that, I don't know. But here's the solution. So what I did, of course, I started doing my research and I just went on Instagram because I couldn't find the answer anywhere. I went on Instagram and saw the, pe- the people because I'm, I'm – I guess the reason I was doing my research is because I'm like, I really want it on that uh, stainless steel strap because that's kind of something the watch guys know. You always get it on that strap and you could just change it because if you want to do get the NATO one and then get that stainless steel bracelet, good luck. It's not going to work and it's going to be expensive or whatever. But what I did, and this is just uh, information for anybody listening, if you want to do research, this is another way to go about it. I went on Instagram, started looking up pictures of people wearing that one with the stainless steel strap. And I just started messaging people. I'm like, hey, question. Um, do you ever change it to like a leather or NATO? And if so, I hear the holes, the lug holes are so close to the case. How do you how do you get that done? You know, and I got some replies. And one of the guys actually gold. He gave me gold. He's like simple. It's, it's difficult to do it with the regular um, uh, springs. But what you do is you get the curved springs. You put them on and it gives you that clearance. I was like, oh something so simple mm. that i didn't think about yeah so now i know and, and people out there that's something you can do for the q time mix because the lug holes are so close to the case just get a curved uh spring bars they're on ebay i looked them up they're like two dollars and fifty cents for some cheap ones or mm. you get more expensive ones but that's it i mean guys this hobby doesn't have to be expensive you could make things look really cool on the wrist for not a lot of money cool that's so, so true Sorry guys, I just cool. I just kind of went on a <laughs> on a little uh, on a little rant there. But uh, what what are we talking about today, guys? So I thought that because um, you know, so LVMH just last week uh, bought Tiffany and Co. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be kind of mm-hmm. cool, like because I did a video a while back on like jewelry brands doing watches, and I know Miguel that you love to shit on fashion watches. 
oh, like yeah. any other oh, watch yeah. person. So I thought we should talk about fashion watches. I thought that would be a fun little topic to get some discussion on. Uh, please, Miguel, enlighten us with how much you love fashion watches. Well, I think before <laughs> before we oh, uh, before we move forward, I think maybe we should we should uh, we should define fashion watch. Like, what what is? We're all going to have different opinions. So, what what is a fashion watch to you guys? What what makes a fashion watch? Uh, for me, a fashion watch. They do. I mean, I guess it's a it's a gray area there when I think about like Cartier. But a, a fashion watch to me is is they do more than just watches. They may do leather goods. They may do shoes. They may do this. They may do that. You know what I mean? And stamp their name on a cheap quartz or a mechanical movement. You know what I mean? Um, and sell it for high dollar. Um, me personally, uh, I have a number of fashion watches. <laughs> uh, you know, because I'm a bad guy. And, you know, uh, it used to be when I would wear my coach bag or my coach wallet, I would wear my coach watch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or uh, if I wore my Michael Kors bag, you know, I would wear my Michael Kors watch. You know what I'm saying? Or uh, I got a couple Kenneth Cole watches that I wear with my Kenneth Cole bag. You know what I mean? Just to, uh, you know, just to coordinate, coordinate, like John Witherspoon said. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so th- that's where I'm at. I-, I, have, I have a few fashion watches. I'm not going to really shit on them because I think that's the gateway into people getting into watches. You know what I mean? Um, for me, it was like back in the day, I was always a Timex guy. And then I started fooling around with the fashion watches and I started fooling around with other stuff. You know what I mean? So I was like one of them guys that through fashion watches start really getting into watches like that. So that's where I'm at with it. Got it. Fred? So I think like, I kind of agree with uh, with Pete. I think for the most part, I guess what sort of sets apart a fashion watch is just when it's when you can kind of tell that they just like put their brand on a shitty quartz piece, just not like, it's pretty much, if you take away the brand, there's nothing there holding up the rest of the watch, you know? Um, Like usually I guess it's associated with, um, with fashion brands, but at the same time, like you think, you know, a few years ago, and I I learned this when I was doing my research for that, for that jewelry watch piece, you know, like, 30, 40 years ago, like, it was the same thing with jewelry watches. But you look at today, for example, Cartier, you know, like, they have a rich, rich history. You can't deny that those are real proper watches and they manufacture movements now as well. Same thing with Bukhara. You got Bulgari out there breaking world records. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, like, I think it's, a lot of it has to do, I guess, with the intent of the watch. When it's like a cash grab, just throwing its branding on without really pushing its quality. You know, you think of something like a Gucci or or, uh, or like a Versace or something like that, you know, they put a lot of effort into their clothes, making sure they're good quality, make sure they reach their price point. But then you look at the watches that they put up, it's like you can tell they just sort of outsourced that to like the intern and then slap <laughs> their badging on it and yeah. put like a cheap, cheap quartz movement in there. So I think a lot of it is down to the intent and execution. Um, or even like, you know, something like a Mont Blanc, for example. That's like, you know, an accessory brand, but, you know, they make some serious watches. Yeah. 
So I think it's it, a lot of it is down, in my opinion, at least to the intent and sort of what's like if you take away that brand, what is behind that watch, pretty much. Right. I was looking at a uh, a friend of mine had a Burberry watch on, and I just kind of said, let me let me look, let me take a good look at that. So it was actually pretty good quality. It had Swiss moving in it. It was automatic. I mean, it was nice. You know what I mean? Um, I don't necessarily think all fashion watches are shitty, but majority of them are, you know. So now I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, there there's no real definition. Like, even if you go on Google and do a little search and you get onto all these uh, blogs and chats or whatever, there's no, like, okay, well, you know, this brand is a fashion watch because it's not necessarily true. But for me, and, and the reason I don't like them is because um, I bought, before I started getting into watches, I, I bought this Armani watch. Spend, well, my wife, girlfriend then spent close to $400 on this thing. And every time, I wore, yeah, every time I wore that thing, I thought I was badass. And I, I, I <laughs> took care of it. I hardly wore it. I mean, I, I seriously thought I was it. You know, and, and I used to wear proudly and, and whatever. But at the end of the day, now I look back and I, I look at that thing and I'm like, this thing is horrible. It's like an homage to like a Speedmaster. Pushers don't even work correctly on it because <laughs> it's a chronograph. Right. It has this cheap, you know, Chinese quartz movement on it. And uh, it feels heavy. It's huge, humongous, which I'm okay with big watches if they're good watches. But this thing is uh, hot mess you know and i've had guest watches guess was probably one of my favorite brands to go with as far as watches and i owned a few of them but they're garbage i i bought one of their diver inspired watches not even knowing it was a diver inspired just like the look of it and within a year it started rusting away so i'm like okay mm. this was stainless steel what the hell's going on and of course crystals all scratched up because it's plastic and and i mean i don't have anything against plastic um you know uh crystals because obviously the omega speedmaster comes with uh with something like that but um just fashion watches just like you guys said it's just it's something that can't stand on its own and it's trying to look like something else michael kors does it all the time wanting to look like a rolex daytona or whatever and it's right, so sad yeah. because I go to the mall or wherever I go and I see these guys. You, you could tell they're fashion forward guys and they're dressed nice, whatever. Kudos to them. They're making an effort, right? But they, they have this blingy ass looking watch. Yeah, there's a lot of gold plating that goes on in them. Oh, yeah. like, God. Not, not even gold plating. It's like gold painting or something like that. It's like that really like that stuff that like peels off right away. Yeah. Right, right. Something you get out of a vending machine. So, you know, it's to be honest with you, it's like, I feel sad for those guys. And as a watch guy, I, I pretty much turn into this watch knob and start criticizing them. But it's like, look, they haven't been educated. And I'll give you an example. So I went to, it's, you know, been the holidays. So we've been in the malls looking for gifts, whatever. Um, so we took uh, our son, of course, you know, my wife was shopping around. I was kind of taking care of when we were at Macy's. Uh, it's a retailer, big retailer here in the U.S. And I was looking at the watch section of course is what i do because it's my favorite section and i was looking at all these watches thinking like man at one point i thought all these fashion watches were like super cool you know but now i found myself in the um 
in the Bulova section because I was looking for that lunar pie. Let's see if I could try it on. And uh, so I was looking at all these things. Like, oh, it's kind of cool what they're doing, the automatics. And then these kids walk in. They're probably, I don't know, 18, 19, two of them, one of them with his little girlfriend. And they, they went to that section of Bulova. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, uh, I was like, should I start talking to them? Like, nah, I'm going to sound like this old man trying to preach to them or something. So, you know, they're looking at things and they're looking at everything. Somehow they ended up in the diesel section of those diesel oh, watches. Oh, Holy crap. Lord, and they started trying it on. And you could tell that their eyes kind of lit up. And, and I'm like, that used to be me. Like, that used to be me just going based on the looks. Because it's so sad that these fashion brands make these watches look so blingy, so cool, so in your face. When they walk around and non-watch people see them, they think, oh, my God, look at that watch. It must be an expensive watch. Yet you could be walking around with a Patek Calatrava and people be like, oh, okay, whatever. And they don't even know what the hell you have mm-hmm. on the wrist. You know what I mean? So right. I don't know. To me, it's just like a fashion watch is just a fake thing. It's I, I would even compare it to a replica. I don't, I'm sorry, guys. I just... I hate fashion watches. Now, <laughs> I mean, I, but the, my my thing with fashion watches also kind of the backdrop off of your point is that they have like no real definition, right? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, it's always a, a copy of another popular brand, yeah. or you yeah. know, it's an so, homage, a bad yeah. homage, <laughs> right? Right. But uh, yeah, that or it's like so over the toply branded on itself, yeah. like. Like I remember when I was, I remember I was seventeen. I think it was when I bought first bought my Tissot. It saved up for like a year or something like that. But that wasn't my first choice. I remember I wanted to get a Fendi watch. Oh, and, and it cost roughly the same. But I remember it was just covered in the like the Fendi Fs, which looked great on a belt, looked great on a wallet. And but like I was like, fuck yeah, you know I got I got to get this. And then some higher power, I think the watch gods must have been looking and were like, no, no, steer them in the other direction. And yet I could never find it in the store because, like, this was back in, mm. like, 08, 09. Like, it wasn't like today where you can just get everything online. You would trust everything you buy online, you know? Back yeah. then, I was like, you know, you still wanted to buy it in the store and I couldn't find it in the store. So I ended up going to this jeweler and saw this Tissot that I ended up getting. But... I just remember how over the toply branded it was. It was fucking crazy. You know, it's like they use the same idea that works on clothes. It doesn't quite translate to watches. Yeah. And then on the inside was probably some, you know, garbage quartz movement. But that being said, we have talked a lot of bad things about fashion watches. I do want to point out there are actually some really good fashion brands that make good watches. Of course. Because um, Chanel, they actually with their that ceramic watch they do, the J12. That actually mm. has an Audemars Piguet movement in it. It's like the complete polar opposite of what we've been speaking about. It's like they didn't, fucking just lift didn't it Chanel just win a they, they they won a prize right at the Grand Grand Prix or whatever that and the GPHG GPHG yeah they they won mm. something right for like the women's yeah it was in the women's section and okay, then also cool. last year apparently they bought a stake in FP Journe which again it's like they're mm. they're putting their money <laughs> in the right place so wow. That's why I, I think I think that maybe at some point these fashion brands are gonna catch on that like they can make some serious money if they just do it right, like they can still capitalize on their sort of brand equity. But if they want to buy into like the watch world and people who spend proper money on watches, like they they need to make the right product. They can't just you know slap slap their brand on 
like something that's worth like a tenth of the price. They they can't be MVMT right. or movement or whatever it's called. Mm. Yeah, no. So Tiffany, they got bought out for what sixteen point something billion dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's 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 kind of weird because what's stopping? Okay, Tiffany and Company, they under uh, LV. Uh, what is it? LV. LVMH. Yeah. Now so tag Bulgari, Ublo, Zenith, and Zenith. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yo, check this out, though. Right now, under that LVMH umbrella is Fendi, right? Right. So, what's stopping them from putting these watches in Tiffany and Company? You know what I mean? Or and, and ain't Tiffany and Company an exclusive dealer of Patek? Yeah. Yeah, well, they do. And, they do deal Patek. And uh, if if they put Tag, Zenith, and Hublot in in these in these stores, right, with the Tiffany and Company stamp, what makes that stamp special? When Patek was the only one that had it, because what I understand, they Rolex was out, uh, every other watch house was out except Patek. Well, the main, if, if, if you look historically, if you look at uh, all the partnerships they had, actually, uh, Tiffany had Swatch uh, back in the days make their watches for them. And, and one of the, and one of they, the, de- they sued each other, didn't they? Right, right. It, it didn't end yeah. well, but basically what right. I'm getting at is that they, they, I think, told them, like, hey, you need to kick everybody else out. You can't be selling anybody else. But Patek, I think, kind of sit well with them and it was okay. I yeah. guess the bigger question is, is Patek still going to be sold to Tiffany? Because now that LVMH is going to be basically selling their watches at Tiffany, wouldn't that be kind of competition? You know, that's, that's well, the that's bigger if question. if they do that. That's if they do that. You know, like one question I have is, are they going to push the other LVMH watches through Tiffany & Co? Or are they going to improve the Tiffany & Co watches? Because like Tiffany & Co makes its own watches as well. Right. In addition to right. the yep. um, co-signed Pateks. But like it's ranges from like some of them there like just are just basic quartz ones to others that I think have like you know like Salita SW three hundreds or values in them. They're like they're okay, but it's like you know it's not the first place you look when you want to buy a watch. You know. So my question is, are they going to try and push up the Tiffany and Co ones? Are they going to try and maybe start putting in some of the other LVMH brands into the Tiffany and Co um, stores to try and like you know get those guys who are there shopping with their girlfriends and wives and stuff to, you know, pick up something for themselves while they're at it. I mean, I can see it. Uh, Cause like Tiffany Co is like 90% jewelry sales. Ain't right. It? Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And like 9% watches or something like that. So I can like actually see them like maybe pushing other brands under their umbrella in the store for sure. And also, I think it'll be really smart for them to start better, start putting better movements in their watches. Like, I know they have a chronograph, so if they throw the Zenith El Primero in there, it, it just makes it a completely different watch, you know? So I, I think there's a lot of room for for a lot of things to happen. But yeah, I mean, 9% of their sales are just watches, which is crazy. It's just a little mm-hmm. bit, you know? So I, yeah. I really think by bringing in the Zenith and Hublot and, and the other brands, it's going to increase that for sure. And especially if they have that coveted uh, Tiffany and co stamp uh, dial. I know a lot of people, especially vintage collectors with Rolex. Oh my God, those mm-hmm. things sell for crazy amounts of money. I mean, Oh my God. Right. It's and crazy. 
it's like well over double, sometimes triple in some cases, for the Tiffany Dow ones. It's insane. So I don't know. I guess overall, it's a it's it's a good move. I think uh, it's definitely a good move, and it, it's just gonna make uh, it, it, okay. So if they sell these watches in the Tiffany and Co store, are they gonna be worth more money? Because Tiffany and Co is expensive. Oh yeah. I I don't think so. I think they're gonna cost more. Like if they do them, if they like do the co branding, I think they'll cost more at retail. But I don't imagine at least in the short term that they'll end up like you know being coveted as like you know you pay more for it on the secondary market you don't think mm. so even with the I stamp on the so. dial i don't think so because i think it's going to dilute it you think the reason why patek is so special like a tiffany dial patek is so special is because a it's a patek and b like they're the only ones who are getting co-signed right now you know right. the rolex mm-hmm. ones are worth so much more because they don't get co-signed anymore right. so they're super rare so I think if you throw in four or five extra brands and it's almost like it's not even really a partnership because they're all part of the same company as well, you know? So like that said though, I would not be surprised if they do a Hublot special edition, like Tiffany dial, like something special, some special collaboration because Hublot makes like a special edition for everything pretty much. Yeah. No, that's, that's I don't think sure. they put out a new special edition this week. So that must be coming up next week. <laughs> I think something that's kind of cool. I, I I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that um, Tiffany blue, that very special color that they have, I yeah, think it would be kind of cool for some watches maybe to integrate that into. Mm. Yeah, I could definitely see that, like a big bang unicorn or something like that, with like the blue strap and like maybe like blue and like the skeletonized part. It would be it'd be an interesting move for them. Or if not, they would. I wonder if maybe some of these brands will at least push their women's models even harder in Tiffany and Co. Because obviously, yeah, like, that's you know what, yeah. where they get a lot of their, where they get a lot of female audience. So maybe that'll be the play. They'll just use it as a way to like push their women's models a lot more. So what do you guys mm. think is going to happen with Patek then? Do you think they're going to pull out? Because I mean, it's. I don't think know. Patek is going to pull out. They've had a relationship since what the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, and I, I I can't see it. And it's such a small amount of their business. I don't think they, I don't think it'll like dilute their brand one way or the other. So they'll probably just keep at it. And it's not like they're, you know, they probably are not moving very many like Nautiluses in there or anything. It's like they're probably moving the, like the models that are hard to move to begin with. Mm. So I I think I'll probably say the same. Yeah. Hmm. Well, how do you guys feel since we are? in the topic of jewelry now and everything, how do you guys feel about like an engagement watch? It's something I heard about. So you get an engagement ring for a girl, right? But typically the guy never gets anything. So how do you guys feel about the idea of like, hey, I'm getting you this ring, but later on telling her or even buying it yourself saying, you know what, I want an engagement watch or a wedding watch. Is that is that even a thing? I mean, I, I keep hearing about it. How do you guys feel about it? Is it is it a thing? If that is the thing, I'm definitely in favor of it. I think it, I think it's just an excuse. <laughs> I think it's an excuse a watch person made up and maybe wants to make it like a thing. Uh, I agree. Yeah, they try. I agree with it. Like, I mean, was, I would, this, was I, this your I, idea? Yes. Are you trying to push this? I would. I would love to tell my wife uh, on on our uh, 25th wedding anniversary. I want a anniversary watch. That would be like the shit, or an engagement watch, yo. Look, 
I need an engagement watch. I done bought you a $30,000 ring, you know. Well, think about it. I mean, think about it. People spend a lot of money on engagement rings and Mm -hmm. anniversary rings, right? Like, hey, it's our 10-year anniversary. Let me upgrade that ring because now we make more money here. You know, you put up with my craps and now you deserve something bigger yet. The guy never gets anything. I mean, that's kind of not fair. But no, it is a thing. If you go on YouTube, there's stories of guys like, oh, well, we, when I got married, spe- typically it's mostly when they're married, not so much when uh, when they get engaged. But Yeah, a lot of it is like they get it like for their wedding. For the wedding. wedding. And but stuff I think like that's that. them getting it themselves still. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the, the, the girl ain't going to get you anything. <laughs> <laughs> and if she is, she'll get you a Michael Kors. So. <laughs> oh, God. That's true. That's another thing. Would either of y'all let your wives... Take no. watch for you. Like, do they no. know your taste already? No. <laughs> no, I won't let my. Uh, uh-uh, I won't let my wife. No. Nah. She, she, she could buy my clothes, but my watch, no, no. I mean, I think by now I'm very my bold. my watch and my sneakers. She can't touch though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm me and my and my whole being so negative about fashion watches. I think my wife pretty much knows that I'm pretty negative about it. And I'm very vocal about the things that I want because I drive her crazy and I'm always like, my my girl is this and my girl is this to the point where she just doesn't care anymore. But <laughs> but no, still, even even if she knows the brand of watch that I like, I don't think I would let her pick it uh, blindly just because a watch is such a personal thing. You know, I think if you're just getting into watches and somebody picks something for you, then it's different. But as watch guys, we all know so- you got to have. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If your lady say, well, let's say it's Christmas or let's say it's your anniversary and she buys you a fashion watch. Mm. Oh, <laughs> my God. What do you say? If she, if she buys you uh, 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 the, the new MVMT with the automatic movement, <laughs> and, you know what I mean? And, you know, what you do see, you say? I, I, have a, I have a contingency for that because I remember passing in Daniel Wellington's store with my girlfriend. I said, don't, please don't ever get me anything from that. I have preempted, <laughs> I have preempted that already. Yeah, but hypothetically, hypothetically, what do you do if she brings in a Daniel Wellington and say, I love you, and she gives you this whole thing, and and you know what I'm saying you about to just melt, you know what I mean, and Daniel Wellington come out of her bag. What do you do, Fred? Do you, Fred? <laughs> what do you um, do? Fuck it, that's a tough one. The, luckily, again, like it's tough for me to <laughs> no, 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 I have this covered. <laughs> no, no, but hear me out, like. The good thing is me and my girl, at least, like, we're very, very honest with each other. And when, and we've both gotten each other stuff we don't like, respectively. <laughs> and thankfully, we're able to tell each other that without, like, crazy repercussions. But, um, but fuck, being in that position is difficult. But at the same time, <laughs> if you think about it, right, if it's done, all right, let, let's say that, you know, it's a different scenario. I don't have my bases covered, right? Mm-hmm. If you think, if it's done, like, you know, with, like, with that genuine effort and all that, I think it would still have its specialness. Would I wear it every day? Most likely not. But thankfully, also, I have other watches. So at least it'd be easy enough to even get away with it. Oh, yeah, you know, it wore last week. Yeah, you know, right. time to switch over. But I think it would still have its sentimental value to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So I think that'll be, again, that means, like, the watch is more than just, at least that gives that Daniel Wellington a little bit more than what's underneath the brand. 
Like the right. entire point of like these fashion watches is that on their own, for the most part, take away the brand, they're nothing. At least if it's given as like a gift, it's got the sentimental value. At least it has something going for it to justify its existence, you know? Mm, yeah. What about you, Miguel? I know you would be steaming, boy. Uh, well, <laughs> boy, woo, I woo, mean, woo. Here, here. I would love to be a flounder while and that happened to you. <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the thing, guys. So when we first started dating 15 years ago, um, my obviously now wife, girlfriend then knew that I like watches, but not obviously not to the, not not an addict how I am now, but she knew I like watches. I always wore a watch, the you know, whatever, I always had something on my wrist. So she went ahead and got me. This is before we were together for less than a year. She surprised me with a fossil watch. It, it had a <laughs> the big leather band on it, like a, like almost like a, a bunt strap or something. And I actually really liked it, right? And I wore it a few times and had it through the years. We got married. I mean, I, that thing stuck with me through through a lot, right? I didn't wear it a lot, but I, I wore it. Well, enter this whole watch obsession. And uh, I was looking for ways to make money to buy a Seiko and buy different things because it's an obsession. It's almost like an addiction, to be honest with you. And it's like, it, it's it's crazy. And I don't want people out there to take this the wrong way when I say it's an addiction, like crystal meth or something like that. Because it really, crystal meth addicts and alcoholism and people like that. And it's unfortunate. It's an epidemic. But I, I've seen it. I've experienced it with people. I've seen documentaries. I've seen people like in real life go through lengths of of things that you're like, man, that's, that's kind of crazy. You're willing to, to steal, you're willing to sell your body or whatever, just for a fix. Now, what I'm getting at is that the whole sentimental value for me, as much as I want to talk about my dad giving me this watch and, and it means so much to me, I put that watch for sale on eBay, sold it for 30 bucks after all the all the discounts and and the commissions they take i only got about 20 bucks for that watch so when my wife found out about it she got a little offended and mm. i i just told her i said well look it's always going to hold a special heart in my place and my heart because of you giving it to me but at the end of the day it's just been sitting in the drawer i'm never ever in my life going to wear it so i rather take that money and buy something that i'm actually going to wear and I, I know what funded that watch it was you you know what i mean and same could be said for my mom. She, I said the story before. She got me, before I became a huge watch guy, she got me an Invicta. And it was uh, this big Invicta, kind of square case, display case back, automatic movement. And I used to wear that thing kind of quite often. But then, of course, became a watch guy and went against Invicta. Now I see Invicta a little different, but I hated Invicta for whatever reason. And it was because of the influencers. So what did I do? I took that watch and I sold it. So when my mom, on eBay again, so when my mom found out about that, she got a little offended, you know, and she was like, well, why'd you do that? And I'm like, well, I wanted to fund my Omega and I needed that. So this Omega really represents me and my BS stories of like making up things and stuff like that. So to answer your question, it's like if my wife were to get me a fashion watch, I would just tell her like straight up. I'd just be like, look, I'm not trying to be a jerk and I really appreciate this. But you knowing that I'm a watch guy, I have a YouTube channel, I have a podcast, I talk about watches in my sleep when I'm awake at all times, this is not a brand that sits well with me. So I'd rather spend our money, whatever you spend on this, on something that I'm really going to wear. Now, whether she would understand that or send me to sleep to the couch is a different story. <laughs> but I'd rather be honest just because I'm not going to wear something on my wrist that I don't enjoy. And that's really what it comes down to, you know. So 
I don't want people to think I'm a jerk because I sold all these watches that were like special and had special things. But to be honest with you, I'd rather get the money than have something just sitting there that I'm never going to wear. What am I going to do? Pick it up and look at it like, well, remember when you gave me this watch? And it's like, no, I'm, you know, I just I go around selling things now. Or you play the long game, Miguel. You have kids. You could just pass it on. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Give a, I'm not gonna give a fashion watch to my son. His wrist will start burning, and yeah, he, your wrist will fall off if you wear a fashion watch. Learn that from me, son. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so against it. I mean, I, I just don't. You know what it is? Fashion watches are so overpriced, and for that same price, you could get a Seiko Five for less than a hundred bucks with an in-house automatic movement. Has so much rich history. You will get the respect from watch people, but more importantly, you will get the respect from Miguel, which is all that matters, really, at the end of the day, right? But uh, I don't know, guys. What about you, people? I mean, what you like fashion watches, so what would you do if your wife showed up with a movement watch? Throw it back at her? <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, like, I don't know what I would do, because I, I don't like movement. I, Wellington. Um, but Ooh, ooh. Well, I'm starting to sweat, boy. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what I would do. I would just tell her I don't, I don't get into that. And you know, you should have consulted me first. <laughs> you know what I mean? Before you got this. So what we have to do is we have to send this three hundred dollar watch back mm-hmm. and get something else. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you you got ripped off. And then when I say you got ripped off, she's gonna be like, really? And she's gonna get real pissed at movement for ripping her off. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'll be good. I'll be good. You know. Um, but fashion, man, I don't know. I don't know. Uh I did a video about a year ago on on like uh the price of fashion watches mm-hmm. and how outlandishly silly they can be. And I had said like for a fashion watch, I would never pay like over a hundred dollars for. And I haven't paid over a hundred dollars for a fashion watch, no matter what the company was, you know what I mean? So I have always been like uh, when I was buying fashion watches, like real clear about my price range, you know what I mean? Um, and that's just where I'm at with it. But would I buy a fashion watch now? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch a fashion watch. Would I wear one now? It depends on the bag that I'm wearing, though, for real. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, um, and, and how I'm really feeling that day, I guess. You know, I don't hate them, but I don't. I'm not a hundred percent in on them anymore, like I used to be. Like I said, I think it's a gateway. Yeah, to, that's uh, true. You know, a gateway to other things. You know, but then you you have some people like again. I've said this story before. I have a friend he who loves movement watches. He got like forty movement watches. No bullshit. But he's not he a had, real he's not a real watch guy though. I mean, does he appreciate watches how we do or he's just he into appre- the movement? He, he he appreciates movement. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know, if if he like it, I love it. Like I can't you know, I can't dispute what his tastes are. But, you know, and I try to tell him like, well, you know, you paid $300 for this when you could have well, th- that just doesn't speak to me. You sound like you sometime again. Like, that just doesn't speak to me. You know what I'm saying? I love movement. <laughs> and, and that's just it. You know what I mean? There's nothing that can detract him off of the movement path. Yeah. And you know, that's that's fine. 40 freaking movement watches. 
When I go, when I go to his house, I'm gonna take a picture of his movement. You collection. should. You should. <laughs> and, and I'm gonna post it on Instagram. It's ridiculously insane. I mean, he has like when movement first started as a company, like their original like uh, circle boxes that they put their watches in. Like he started back then. So he you started I mean? with the uh, the Alibaba, like the the true Alibaba. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right, right. Well, do us a favor. Uh, I know on on the internet you could go and get one of those flamethrowers. Uh, record it. Uh, go to his house and just flame all his watches. I want to see that because. Oh my god! god. You no, know but you what? know I think I see a silver, silver lining in this, right? Now, bear with me on this. If you think about, it, he has forty movement watches, right? Mm-hmm. That's 40 less movement watches for other people to buy. Oh, I like your, I you like know where what? this is going. Right, right. You know what? He is enjoying his collection. And also that's potentially up to 40 people who would have hit like an out of stock sign or like who would have maybe clicked to the next thing, didn't see it in the store, wherever he bought it. So in that right. sense, really, he's doing like a watch person's public service. He's taking right, one right, for the for team sure. and he's so generous that he's even right. enjoying it while he's doing it. Right. So that, that, is... that brings me to my next question since you said that. What is it that movement watch is doing so special that they are like the shit? They, they're, they're selling watches. They, they have an audience apparently. So what is it that they're doing that a company like uh, Seiko is not doing? You know what it is? Um, easy for me to to really say that because I've I've gotten uh, I've asked non-watch people that question, and basically what it comes down to, if you really look at a watch, say Seiko, right? Like my SKX, let's use that as an example. It looks like a very tooly watch. It doesn't look flashy at all. It looks like a t- it just looks really like a tool, like something like with numbers and a bezel, or whatever. To us, that's really special, right? And we think it's cool, but to the non watch person that kind of looks ugly so they they like the simplicity i don't want to say a bauhaus style uh, to it but maybe you know just very simple clean numbers just it, it looks big right so it's mostly dial not so much case in my opinion that's what it is that's why a lot of people on the youtube channel or youtube whatever uh, arena recommend timex because they're like look you want something that looks cool like this go with a weekender right um, so in my opinion, I think that's what it is, is the, the clean, uh, the clean way that it looks. And then if we're talking Michael Kors is how blingy it looks because they make their watches look expensive. And maybe people, when they look at that, it excites them, right? It's like, oh, that looks expensive, but it's not expensive when you look at the price tag. Fred, what do you think? Um, I have a different theory. Ah. Movement doesn't sell watches. They sell accessories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the way I look at it if you think about it they don't market to people like us because right. they know we don't want that we want to buy watches we want to buy you know something that has like an interesting movement on the inside that has some history to it correct but we're not their target audience A because in the grander mass scheme we're much smaller than the broader like base of people who just buy accessories but also because they know that they're not offering a product that meets our needs or, or desires but for someone who just wants something cool sitting on their wrist, yeah, cool. Why not? It's it's cheap. Sort of fits the wrist. You know, you maybe you already have a bracelet or something, or you're not into bracelets, but you want something on your wrist. Perfect. It solves that problem. So I think that's why they do so well. Is because I don't like they don't market their stuff as like you know, being like a full watch, like a, a luxury watch or anything like that. It's like. 
they don't even put markers on like on their chronograph. They don't even put mm. markers on <laughs> right, 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 right. They're not trying to get you to use that. They're well, just me, trying to get you to wear it. Well, let me ask you this, Fred. Do the pushers on the chronographs even work? Or do they just... I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't, but I really could not tell you because thankfully my hands are movement free. You, you I've know never what? Touched I, I, I'll be a movement in my life. I'll be seeing this guy this weekend, so I will let y'all know if the chronographs work, if the, if everything is legit. I'll be seeing him this weekend. So that's so funny. Well, you know what I mean. You, you know that's something that gets me, and it's I'm, again, I, I sound like a like a bitter old person that everything makes me angry. But um, <laughs> so a lot of people where where I currently work know that I'm a a, a watch guy, right? But Again, people that are not in this hobby, when you say watch guy, uh, they compare you to other people. So they, we hired this new guy, right, um, not so long ago, a few months ago. And apparently the guy wears watches. He wears some big fashion Michael Kors. I mean, everything mm. we're talking about, that's what he wears. No disrespect to my colleague. Hopefully he's not listening. But uh, <laughs> um, so anyways, my, my boss goes, hey, Miguel. I think you're gonna be you're gonna get along with this guy really good. I'm like, oh, <laughs> why? What's why? 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 Why do you say that? And he's like, oh, he's he's a watch guy. So I was like, oh, he is. That's exciting. Okay, cool. I can't wait to meet him. Right. And I heard that from several people. Like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's a watch guy. Um, so I was excited, genuinely excited. I met the guy. Saw what was on his wrist, didn't even bring up watches. And then working, you know, alongside him for about a week and a half, two weeks, I noticed he he did have a lot of watches, but they were garbage, everything. So I didn't even bring Mm. it up until later on when we started talking a little bit about things. I'm like, hey, so you watch? Oh, yeah, man, I I love watches. I, I change them all the time. You know, I'm making the. I'm talking like he's black. He's, he's Hispanic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pete. Uh, <laughs> anyways, oh my he's, god, he's, sorry. <laughs> so he, he's talking and and this and that, and I'm like, oh okay. So so what is it about those watches you like? What kind of movement and does it have in it? And and he just looks at me like a deer in the headlights, and I'm like, <laughs> so you're into watches? But he's like, look, man. He's like, I'm into watches of the way they look. They just look cool, and it goes my outfit. That's it. He's like, he told me straight up. He's like, you're in a completely different nerdy level of like watches that I'm never gonna be in. But what I'm getting as a non-watch people saw him and I in the same kind of platform, right? Compared us, and it's like, no, we're not. And it pisses me off because it's like, man, like you don't even understand. Like we're not in the same level and it has nothing to do with money i'm sure one of his gold-plated watches probably cost more than my seiko it's not about that you know mm. oh, so it really irritates me i'm sorry but that's <laughs> why i'm telling you it's it's their accessories i'll give you all another example i used to be mad into belts right i had like i think at one point i had like eight or nine different belts like often like different designers and all that but if you ask me oh you know what sort of leather was this you know or like what's the name of this type of stitching i would have no fucking clue right. i like the way they look because to me they were accessories it was a accessory class that i liked you know so mm-hmm. i think that's what happens with like with your coworker, for example that like you know that's just his accessory of choice yeah it's not right. that he's an enthusiast he just really likes that as his accessory and we know right. guys let's face it we're kind of limited you know, in terms of the accessories, we've got watches as one of them, you know? So 
in that sense, I can kind of see where it comes from. And I think that's why companies like Movement do well is because they are not selling watches. They're selling accessories. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, guys, we're uh, quickly approaching an hour here. I don't know if you guys want to talk real briefly about the Oris watch, the Star Wars edition. I don't know if you guys saw it. but uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Oh, man. What would you guys think? Uh, yeah. It's all right. I don't know. I feel like Star Wars branded stuff never really hits the mark, except for, like, you know, like, toys. I feel like whenever they try and do Star Wars cross-branding with anything, it never really captures it. I, I really get offended though, like, because I'm a big Star Wars fan, and I'd be expecting this big, elaborate Darth Vader. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I tell you collab. which watch Darth Vader would work, would wear the Omega Black, the Dark Side of the Moon, Ooh. Mm. the black ceramic one. Mm-hmm. That would be his watch. What wow. about the Stormtroopers? Or the I'm, I'm sorry, though, what's it called? Not Stormtroopers. The, the those white guys. What are they called? Stormtroopers. Stormtroopers. Oh, they are. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Sorry. yeah. Damn. Damn. Yeah, so much I know. It, it's early Damn. in the morning. Give me a break. <laughs> what, what, what are these going for? Um, you know what? They're limited edition, and there's two of them, right? So there's a black mm-hmm. one for Darth Vader, and there's the kind of white all stainless. Was yeah. all, I think is it white? And it's all stainless steel, and the and the bezel is white with black. But yeah, they were yeah. going for. Oh crap! I don't even know. I'm on their website and it doesn't say because they're limited edition runs. I mean, it's not a lot of them, but I, I want to say like in the two thousand dollar range, it was two hundred and fifty pieces. I mean, it it, mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't much, but I think they're pretty cool. I mean, yeah, if you're a big Star they Wars right. fan, then you know they are right. If I'm honest though, I don't think Darth Vader would be a watch guy. Like he's probably got the time in his little in his helmet. Right. You know what right. I think would be a watch guy would be Emperor Palpatine. He looks like the type of guy who would have like a Patek or something like that. <laughs> what about uh, what about Chewbacca? Uh, what kind of wear? What kind of watch would Chewbacca wear? Oh, uh, Chewie would. Oh, uh, it's that. Um, was that one you were telling me about, Miguel? The the Mudmaster, like something oh. really, really like something oh, the, really uh, rugged and like can like G Shock, G Shock. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, who, I can see Chewie yeah. rocking one of those. So who would be uh, who would be wearing that Richard Mille? Han Solo. Star Wars. Han Solo. Yeah, I can see that. Solo. I feel yeah. like Han, Han would have like, I think he'd have a Rolex, maybe an IWC. You know, he's a pilot. Mm. I feel like he mm-hmm. he'd still need some utility to it. I think. But see, not only Lando, a Lando, I think would have would have a Richard Mille. Right, right. Yeah, but Han Solo was also a smuggler, so he would That's have true. like several pieces from That's Rolex true. to protect up under the hood of the. But that's true. He'd be the black market dealer. He'd be, right, right. He'd be like smuggling watches in those little hidden compartments. Right. So here's here's a yeah. big question: Who would be wearing the Invicta? Uh, Luke. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> you know, because you know, if you, if you really think about Star Wars, like in the New Hope, he had no clue about what was going on. You know what I mean? But I think gradually as the force came to him, he will understand more about watches. Yeah, he would still love Invictus, but, you know what I'm saying, he'd be like, yo, I'm on an Omega now. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Luke, absolutely. That's insane. Well, going back to the price, I actually found it. So, they're titanium watches. There's the... Shit, the yeah, limited edition. <laughs> the regular regular titanium and the PBD coated titanium, and they're going for 6900 bucks. Ouch. Yep. Isn't that uh, not that much cheaper than that Pro Pilot? 
I feel like that would have more place in Star Wars. The X, if yeah. Just, if they yeah. just did that, like, in PVD Black, I feel like that would have more place as a Star Wars. You know what? Too. You're 100%. And I never, mm. I haven't seen, I have yet to see one in the metal that Pro Pilot X looks so awesome. I mean, I, I don't generally like skeletonized watches, but that specific watch, ooh, that is a very nice looking watch. Mm. But, Anyways, before we go, uh, P and I receive, and we don't we don't get many messages from people, but we did. We got something, a message from uh, a guy named Abib. Now he, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, buddy, but uh, he is in uh, from Israel, and he started a YouTube channel called My Chinese Watch Collection, and it's pretty cool. He covers everything basically. It's a bunch of uh, watches from Alibaba and every single watch that he he um, features on there is basically a knockoff of or an homage of even like the cheapest watches which is like a Casio or Rolex and this and that me personally I don't like homage watches but again I could respect people that wear them and, and, and this guy really is a watch guy and he's putting an effort and really trying to make his videos look very good. He has uh, almost 400 subscribers, I think, on, on YouTube and he just started. So kudos to him. And anyways, he sent us a, a message basically saying, I really enjoy you guys' podcast. You guys uh, rock. You guys really make me feel, you guys, it, it makes it feels like you guys have known each other forever and been doing this forever, which is funny because we just, P and I just met not too long ago uh, and we've never met each other in person, of course. But thank you for listening. Thank you so much for the support. I really want to kind of give you a shout out. So if you haven't already, go subscribe to his channel. So My Chinese. Absolutely. Absolutely. My, yeah, My Chinese Watch Collection. And it, he just really shows you that there is no need to spend a ton of money to have some cool watches, you know? So. So that's all I had to say. So <laughs> I don't know if you guys want to sign off, maybe tell people where they can find you. Oh, we ain't doing the, um, the, uh, what happened during the week. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm half asleep over here. P what's, what's, <laughs> uh, what's something that happened during the week? Yeah, you're, you're right. hundred percent. Oh, Oh, I had a couple of things. Uh, well, you know, I quit my job recently. Yep. Yep. Got another job. Then I got a better offer yesterday. No way. P yes. You serious. Dead serious. That's awesome. So I went in, not yesterday, but Wednesday. I went in Wednesday, uh, did all my paperwork and stuff, and I'm sitting there, and I got this cute Timex on. Yeah. And a lady walks up to me and says, I don't see people wearing stuff like that no more. That watch really reminds me of my dad's watch. And I said, oh, really? I said, okay, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm taking this better opportunity. Uh, and I actually start on Monday. So, congrats, man! You know, really happy um, for you. Yeah. So, uh, also yesterday Thanksgiving, we went to go see Disney Frozen Two. Now, uh, at first I was kind of like half sleep. <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> But as it went on and on, I kind of started getting into it. Like, my daughter's heavy into, like, the Disney film. And I mainly took her, took it, we mainly went for her. But as I got into the sure, movie, Pete. it was actually pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm were, like, damn. Were you dancing and singing with Olaf? And No, 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 no. Nah, hell no. Nah, uh-uh. <laughs> it, it was kind of sad because Olaf kind of died and came back. But, you know, I ain't Oh, where the spoiler from? Well, thanks for no spoiling this. <laughs> you know, it, it was kind of sad. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, 
it got deep. Not the snowman. Right. The funniest those, one in the whole those, movie. No, yeah, Disney movies funny. are no joke. They always cut off the best characters. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's awesome. Well, dang. All right, P. It was uh, pretty good. It was pretty good. That's cool, yeah. man. <laughs> Fred? Oh, what did I do this week? Let's see. Well, like I said at the beginning, I went to the gym for the first time in like five months. So oh, yeah. Finally going to start getting back in shape. Um, also, I watched uh, Ford, Ford vs. Ferrari. Oh, a fucking mm. very, very good movie uh, based on a true story about like the rivalry between um, between uh, Henry Ford and Enzo Ferrari. Mm. There's so many good like stories of like spite and revenge in cars. It's so much fun. <laughs> like, and they were like wearing they had... watches, right? The Octavia or something. Like, yeah, yeah. Was, there's a lot of good watches. I think they, there was some pretty heavy product placement. I think um, Ken Miles, the race car driver, I think in real life he wore a Breitling, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think mm. so. But, um, yeah. but yeah, there was a lot of nice, uh, nice vintage tech horrors in the movie. And obviously the really cool cars as well. But um, very good story, well acted, and, um, and yeah, that was probably, like, I guess, the other highlight of the week. So I definitely recommend watching that if you like cars and if you have a keen eye for looking at nice watches, too. Like, do you all ever cool. find yourselves just, like, pausing movies and looking at watches when you see, when you see them, like, when you get enough of a shot of one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's funny. Well, speaking yeah. of Shelby, I know, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, Theo and Harris put out this kind of video about a guy that uh, owns a, a Shelby, right? Or a Ford, no, not a Shelby, a Ford GT, right? Ford yeah. GT. And uh, it's pretty cool because they, they had him on like part one. He talked about his watches, his watch collection or whatever. But the part two, because of the movie that kind of tied it in, they, they talked about his car. And then at the end of the movie, uh, at the end of the kind of video or whatever, he gifted his dad with an IWC uh, watch, and it's really cool. Very, very kind of moving, and you're like, man, that's that's cool. But then you think back, you're like, well, wait a minute, how much money does this guy really have? I mean, crap, mm-hmm. he's driving a car like that. His watch collection is heavy, and he's gifting mm. his dad just randomly, just because, hey, dad, I love you. Here's a brand new IWC. I'm like, crap, I wish I could do stuff like mm. that. <laughs> but my my week, my week. All right, so Netflix just put out this documentary called broken pretty mm-hmm. cool it kind of dives into uh replica makeup and then another episode they have they talk about the plastic industry how how fake it is like the whole recycling and there's vaping so i haven't gotten into those i got into the makeup one which i was pretty intrigued by because i was like all right well i wear makeup every day no i'm just kidding <laughs> but uh ah, no you ain't no. Ah, you knew uh, that no no no, no but <laughs> my my wife loves you know, makeup and she reads about things like that all the time or whatever. So I kind of hear about it a little bit, you know, but Kylie Jenner and the, and everything is, it's all over the place, right? She's a billionaire or whatever. So very, it's intriguing, like crap, there's so much money to be made in that industry. So basically what that specific documentary was talking about was the replica makeup industry and how the chem- they dive deep into it, like all the chemicals they put in it and versus like the real stuff and people that wear this cheap stuff or replica stuff that are getting, you know, in, in online or LA or whatever, they actually burn their skin because it has dog feces and urine mm. like horses and they use chemicals that are super bad for you. Like that's why it's like spend a little bit more money. Cause look, Replica watches, you get what you get, right? It's just a watch. But this stuff, oh, no, it's terrible for your skin as well. 
Well, that too, because you don't even know what uh, what uh, it's going to melt your wrist, and <laughs> no, but but all seriousness, well, they not jokes aside. I know stainless steel; they could put some nickel in it, and some people are actually really allergic to nickel, and and you know we could go into that whole thing, but uh, but that's something I recommend. Uh, Broken, uh, it's it's on Netflix, and I know something I'm really anxious to watch is the the Irishman, right? With Al Pacino, oh, yeah. De Niro, uh. Uh, Scorsese, they brought Joe Pesci out of retirement. <laughs> Joe Pesci, I mean, mm. yeah, and it's funny. I was just watching uh, Home Alone yesterday. I'm like, oh, Joe Pesci, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of cool, right? So, yeah, that's something that happened. And, and on my personal level, stuff that I'm doing, I don't talk much about this, but I've been, um, for those of you, I guess, that don't know, I've been writing graffiti since I was in high school. So it all started kind of like I was kind of a loner, and I really started getting into breakdancing and the hip hop culture and I wasn't very good at breakdancing, did it for about a year, you know, learned how to do windmills and styles and footwork and whatnot. But I kind of, I'm not much of a of a sports person or, or really working out. So that didn't really work out for me very well. But what did uh, stick to me was graffiti, right? So just like with anything else, a lot of people think of graffiti as just a bunch of gibberish. But I could assure you that it's not because I spent countless number of hours just sitting there in my room and coloring and, and trying to really make my own style and, and the coloring techniques and lighting and shadows and stuff like that. But uh, move forward now, it's been 30 years or about, no, no, not 30 years. I'm sorry, like 20 years plus that I've been actually writing graffiti. And graffiti has really gotten me to to places where I never really thought I could go before. I've designed things for companies, gotten paid for it, uh, churches, you know, uh, a lot of things for my teachers. When I was in high school, it was super cool to have teachers come up to me and say, hey, I really like what you do. Can you do something for me? And they actually paid me. So it was really cool. So the reason I bring that up is because I we had um, Cameron Barr from Craft and Tailored. And, you know, I really wanted to thank him for what he did jump, jumping on the show with us. I mean, this guy rolls around the same circle as Houdinki and everything. So he, a, I like his style, right? It's really cool. Very, uh, I don't even know how to call his style. He has tattoos and leather jackets and it's super cool. I can never pull it off, but it really kind of resonated with me that I was like, it's so cool. I want to do something cool for this guy. So I did this, um, this piece is what we call it in, in the graffiti world where it's kind of, it's his name, but I incorporated a few watch things. So once I'm done with it, I'll post it on Instagram. But yeah, I'm, I'm basically getting this big canvas. I'm doing my, my his name in the middle and basically making a collage with a bunch of the things that he owns. You know, watches, tattoos, his Porsche, uh, his Leica camera. And what my goal is, um, I'm going to go meet up with them. I'm going to go to L.A., hand deliver to him, maybe get a picture with the guy and hopefully see some really cool watches. I know he has some Paul Newman's there, so... Hopefully I get to see those. So anyways, this graffiti thing has is, is been very personal for me for a long time. And it's something that like watches and everything else is just my opinion. But when it comes to this graffiti thing, this is just straight from my heart and from my brain. So nobody can take this away from me, you know, and it's been with me for so long that this really represents me. And I guess really thinking about it, that's why I don't have a problem with like Hublot and like watches that are very kind of like aggressive looking because that's the style that I have in, in, in my art, you know, it's very abstract, very kind of weird. And, and I like that. I really, I like it. You know what I mean? So anyways, absolutely. That's what it is. No, that's really cool. Is. All right. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. guys, where can we find you? 
Uh, Ross wristwatch love on everything. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. And y'all can find me at YouTube slash Shaluso, Instagram at Shaluso. And if I ever get around to it, you can find new stuff at Shaluso.com <laughs> as well. If I ever get around to posting <laughs> another article. But um, yeah, main ones is YouTube slash Shaluso and Instagram at Shaluso. You know, it'd be really right cool to, uh, it'd be really cool. And, and let's put this on air. We, guys, this is not rehearsed. We haven't talked about this, but Hotix is a thing, right? Hotix, I don't know if you guys know, Hotix is basically uh, the Scottish watches, 10 and 2, and Adrian from Bark and Jack. They basically partnered up like a super group and made this thing called Hotix. Why they called it that, I have no idea. What does it mean? I have no idea. But basically what they did, it's one one place where you go and you can find all their material, right? Whether it be the podcast, the videos, the purchasing of a strap or whatever. So it wouldn't be a bad idea for all three of us to partner up and maybe have something because we all have different YouTube channels. We do different things, but it'd be pretty cool for people maybe to go and find us. We'll talk about that, right? But uh, I think yeah, that's pretty hot. cool. I mean, because we, we do our own thing. We have our own flavor. We're uh, urban. Remember, P? We're urban. <laughs> yeah, urban. <laughs> uh, we'll call us urban. No, uh, Super yeah, urban. Put them. Super it's, urban. It's urban. Right. <laughs> and then put your glasses up with your finger. Urban. Those, those, freaking, those urban. freaking urban guys, man. <laughs> urban. I don't want to call them ghetto, but. <laughs> uh, and two of them, are, are, are they Latino urban. or is it Hispanic? What's the correct way to say it these days? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All Ooh, right. Well, woo, the, the shade is real. After, uh, all right. the day after Who was it again that called, y'all, that called y'all urban again? <laughs> it was our boy Everett. Say from, his uh, name. Say oh. his name. Everett from 40 and 20. I think that was pretty funny. I have to get on my Tupac shit. Damn. <laughs> Say his name. <laughs> but all right, oh, guys. Well, <laughs> ah, this has been actually really fun. Man, we so. can be like the new urban gentry. The, the urban. Oh, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the new TGV. About to take that from TGV. Copyright that. Yeah, we are the real urban. That guy's from. Right. From yeah. London, and he's like, yeah. he's not he, urban. He ain't <laughs> urban. He ain't, he ain't urban not at all. Urban. Not even homage urban. Liar. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, anyway, so you could find me at SoCal Watch Reviews, and I, I honestly just been sticking more to the podcast uh, side of things. I want to jump back into the videos, but it's just. Uh, I'm a perfectionist and I just uh, really wasn't happy with quality of my videos. So I just need to either get better equipment, get better lighting, whatever. But for now, podcast is where it's at, but you can see some of my old videos. And I do uh, post these videos or post these uh, these podcasts on the YouTube channel. So if you want to yeah. if you want to go uh, listen to them, uh, P does the same thing. So P um and myself so anyways with that said thank you so much for joining us another episode went a little bit over an hour so i apologize but it's all good stuff and uh we we appreciate it so guys thank you so much for listening and uh take care and remember stay humble